Welcome everyone to the Leader Next Door podcast, where we find leaders from all walks of life and find out their secret strategies for success. New episodes are released every Thursday. Sit back and enjoy the show. And welcome to the Leader Next Door podcast. I'm your host, Jim Shields, and I am... In our new studio today, the Blue Jay Studio, and I have a very special guest today. That man is Casey Comer. Welcome to the podcast, Casey. Yeah, thanks. Enjoying sitting in your studio here. Yeah, this studio, let me tell you, um, it's taken a while to get this developed. It used to be a former child's playroom basement slash bar, bar for the adults. Um, it's, It's since been converted into a studio. Very impressive. Um, hopefully you'll get to see some of that on the YouTube channel. But enough of that for now. Um, I'm here with a man who um, I've known for quite some time. He told me today that he's 25. I didn't know that. I thought he was 23. Um, I first met Casey Comer in my 10th grade health class. From what I remember, he probably didn't know me before then. And I don't think I knew him before that, although I may have known him through athletics. Casey, let's go back to your high school days for a minute. Sure. Right? You've, there's so much to talk about today, and I know um, you've had all these achievements, and, and you have this awesome life right now, but let's go back to a younger Casey, maybe like 15-year-old Casey. Do you remember sitting in 10th grade health? Because a lot of people just don't, and I'm just curious if you do. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I do. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Was that the one where we did the circuit for like uh, first aid uh, and CPR and stuff. I think that was senior health. Oh, uh, that's, yeah, that's the wrong one. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's the one where we talked about, let's see, um, STDs. You oh yeah. Okay. So this is the sex ed one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Most people don't remember it, including myself. I just remember, and, and a lot of like, uh, you know, a lot of what I talk to people about in their life experience is like, not so much, you know, when you go through life and you learn things, a lot of a lot of my memories is not like the lesson that I was in quotes supposed to learn. It's more of like the interaction with the person or the memory of like how somebody is. You know what I mean? So I remember how you were, and I was like, I didn't know anything about you. I didn't know. And for those of you that don't know, which is probably a lot of you, or maybe I'm wrong, but Casey is a star runner, and we'll talk about all of that stuff. But at this point, I just knew that you were a nice kid and you were polite. You seemed like you had a little bit of edginess to you, which I was like, what is that? What's going on here? But I remember these things. You were polite, respectful, kind of funny. And um, I was like, all right. And then I found out this kid's one of the stars on the track team. And um, I was like, oh, that's really cool. And it was just neat to have, it was neat to put like everything together and say, wow, this kid's in my health class. Even though you don't remember, it's fine. You thought it was 12th grade health. That's fine. I don't know. I feel like I may have had you for 12th grade health too. Impossible. I've never taught it. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Then I remember very poorly. <laughs> folks <laughs> folks that are listening out there, you don't really remember high school. It's just the way it is. You remember bits and pieces, maybe prom, maybe um, Red and Black Knight if you want to, Hepper Horsham. I didn't um, even get to go to our senior prom because the state meet was the same weekend. Oh, man. Are yeah. you serious? Yeah. So I, I did end up going to North Penn's prom though. So um, you made up for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got to do something. Uh, How was that and experience? Our junior prom. It was good. Yeah. No, I made a lot of friends that way. Um, and it was cool just getting a new experience, like knowing like a small group of people over there. And yeah, um, yeah, it was fun. So um, Casey, 
had a nice high school career, did some cross country, I believe, um, some track. I, I don't know much about track. Um, and then he went on to Villanova. Tell us a little bit about your just your track career. And, and, and again, this is not a sports podcast or a track podcast, but give mm-hmm. people a little idea of like what you did, what your sort of like achievements were, and then we'll kind of go from there, high school, right into college, and then we'll we'll pause there and then get into the rest later. Yeah, I mean, honestly, but when I had you in class my sophomore year of high school, I was like a a decent runner, but I hadn't like physically like matured yet. I was probably still like five, four, you know, 100 pounds, something like that. Very, very, very frail. Yeah, good time to have sex ed health class then, right before you physically mature. Exactly. Uh, Probably (laughs) didn't even wear deodorant yet. Who who knows? Who knows? I don't know. But yeah, then my junior year is kind of where I made a big step in running. and then after that started to think more about running in college uh i did pretty well on like the state level never won a state title which is which is a bummer but i made uh foot locker nationals in high school which was fun that's where they like they fly out to san diego um and you get to race against the best in the country which is cool that's awesome so some of the guys i've raced against there are like like doing pretty well on the world stage now like grant fisher had just broke the american record in the 3k the other day um wow that's awesome but yeah, that, that was great. Um, went to college and kind of uh, had a similar progression there where I started out and was like, was decent, but um, didn't make like a big step to competitive on the national level for a few years. Um, and then kind of my big year, uh, we won two titles at Penn Relays the spring before. And then the following year, I was all American in cross country. I was second indoors in the mile. Wow. Um, I ran 357 in the mile that year. Um, and then all American outdoors. So that was really my big year. Yeah. Uh, that kind of put me on the map and the next year got sick, was struggling and it was COVID. So then seasons ended up getting canceled and then, um, kind of got on back, back on track the following year. Didn't accomplish all I wanted to, but made the Olympic trials. Um, and, uh, my coach now reached out to me. Um, he was originally with an Adidas group called Tin Man Elite, which was based in Colorado. Okay. Um, which intrigued me. And then like after a conversation or two, he said, Oh, I'm actually moving to Baltimore. Under Armour is investing in this new group. Um, and I want you to be a part of it, which was really exciting. That's awesome. Uh, for me, kind of a really cool, unique opportunity to be close to a brand. Their global headquarters is in Baltimore and be one of like the founding members of this group. And it's only two hours away from where I grew up. That's so, so cool. The perfect storm. And yeah, I was just blessed to be put in a situation where I'm supported enough by them that like I can make it a full time thing for a bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this year I kind of like dove all in on running and, uh, you know, it started out pretty well. I actually ran 354 in the mile this past indoor season, Damn. which is a big PR. But then uh, definitely I struggled a little bit. Um, a lot of it may have been just because so many things were new. We were moving around a lot, but got a little banged up. Uh, I've actually been rehabbing a foot injury recently and just getting back to full running. So it's disappointing, I think, when you pour yourself all into one thing like that and it doesn't work out. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, I've I've got you know years left, hopefully, in my career that I can that I can write that. And looking forward, I think that uh, I just need to develop. Uh, more things in my life to keep a balance like going all in on running i think for some people is like wow you have all this time like you can really see how good you can be but for me i, I think that i need you know some other things so i'm trying to do uh, i do a little bit of like web development work on the side trying yeah, to dive a little bit that more in that it's cool you know trying to like get out more make some new friends in a new city yeah. uh, which i've 
Uh, I've met some really cool people over the last couple months. Awesome. Um, and then maybe trying to get more involved with Under Armour, like, you know, go in once a week yeah. and shadow somebody or do a project. But What a great opportunity to be involved. And in case you're wondering, and if you're not watching the video podcast of this, Casey is decked out in all Under Armour. Um, yep. Even the Under Armour water yep. bottle. I mean, <laughs> so if you can't find him, if you can't recognize him, just look for Under Armour if you're down in Baltimore. Like the hat, the shirt, the pants, the socks, the shoes. That'll probably be him. Or one of his running uh, teammates. Yeah, it's tough in Baltimore though because everyone wears Under Armour. Like that's, uh, that's like that's a huge like city pride. Like like Under Armour is so attached to to yeah. Baltimore. Like you see it all the time. So yeah, outside of Baltimore, it might stick out a little bit more. Here's the big question: um, Do they have electric scooters in Baltimore? So they do, but actually, <laughs> Lime Scooter just pulled out of Baltimore for some reason. Like I went on the app the other day because uh, I was going to ride somewhere, and it said, "Oh, farewell, Baltimore." So I don't uh. know what happened. Uh, my one friend did say they saw a kid like throw a scooter into the harbor. So hopefully they're not retaliating on that. Yeah, probably are. Um, <laughs> I noticed that I love those things. I was just introduced to those like lime scooters and spin scooters this summer. Yeah. I was out in Salt Lake City with my good friend Will. Um, he was like, he travels a lot. So he was like, dude, you got to check this out. I'm like, well, what do you do? You have to fill this out. He's like, no, just get your phone out and press a button. I'm like, boop. And I'm like, and just cruising around Salt Lake in the streets. They're going like 20 miles. It was so free, so fun. Have you done them? Yeah, yeah. So that's like when I'm traveling a lot. So these pat like last summer and then like this year during like the spring, I'm traveling to meets in different cities and stuff. Yeah, and I'm I following you online. I see you. I use that uh, like kind of as a way to explore new cities. Um, yeah. So like I was in Austin, Texas a few years ago. I did that. I was in Seattle visiting some friends, and I had a meet. Uh, out in Yakima, a road mile. Yeah. Um, but staying with some friends there at work during the day, I'm just scootering around the city exploring. Um, yeah, <laughs> any, so fun. Anywhere that has them, you know, and you're looking for something to do to get out and see places, and I'm not trying to be on my feet too much, like resting yeah. out for a race. Like it's a great way to go and like yeah, you know, see stuff. It's an odd thing. It's it's weird. It's like you see all these scooters just laying around the cities, like in no particular yeah. spot. Some of them, like sometimes there's like five in a row set up real nice. And sometimes there's like one being thrown into the harbor. Sometimes there's one in the middle of the street. Right. It's, it, you can see maybe why some cities are more prone to having them and some are not. It, maybe that's what's going on in Baltimore. I know they've historically had some crime down there. And I, I, I don't know if you look at like an e-scooter map, if it's like, you know, if there's any sort of relationship to the safeness of a city and like, yeah, Baltimore gets a bad rap because there are definitely yeah. bad parts of it. But in like the, the areas around the harbor and the park, yeah. it's really nice. And that's like generally, I mean, I don't yeah, spend a whole that. lot of time in the like bad areas, yeah, but sure. like, I'm sure that's where most of the scooters are. Yeah. Um, and like, yeah, the scooters oftentimes have boundaries of where they can go. Like I was down at a meet in rally and like the NC state campus is kind of the border of where they can go. Yeah. So I remember seeing like a pile of like 15 scooters in one spot as I rode by. I was like, hmm, that's <laughs> suspicious. And then it wouldn't let me park it at my hotel. I had to drive it back and leave it in the graveyard of scooters. <laughs> yeah, something's going on there. It, we were in, um, actually a couple of weeks ago, my family and I were out visiting other family in Omaha. I don't know if you've ever been there. You probably have. Yeah, it's whatever. Uh, pretty cool little city. Um, but we got the scooters and when we're flying around, like there's zones in the city where it shuts off. So you're yeah. flying doing 20 miles an hour and then it goes beep, 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 beep. And the, and the motor yeah. just shuts off and it's like, 
And then like you go five or 10 more feet and then it picks back up. So you got to figure it out. But yeah, there's like low speed zones some places like where it's it yes. basically like slows you down. Yeah. Like high foot traffic areas. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. You know, I think DC has a good system where like they force you to lock the scooters up. Oh, really? Uh, different places. Yeah. So like you'll get like fined if you don't lock your scooter up. <laughs> so that way they're not like littering the streets and stuff. And it's like a yeah. safer uh, it's, guess, way to do it. It's honestly one of the most fun things I've done um, recently it's it's just such a cool way to have that freedom to just explore a city and like zoom through it you know you yeah. gotta be careful and yeah. it's probably a good idea to wear a helmet i didn't but yeah yeah so it doesn't come with a helmet but like you're flying around in traffic you're like any other time i'd have a helmet on but i'm sure it's fine because it's an e-scooter or something yeah I and know. i mean like people don't just like carry helmets with them when they travel to new cities so it's tough that is true although the have you seen the new nfl helmets that they wear in the preseason the- yeah the ones that jordan mylotta said do nothing <laughs> is that what he said i didn't yeah. hear that i think that he uh i don't know for sure but i think he may have had concussion symptoms or was evaluated and they asked him about the helmets and he's like, yeah, that doesn't, doesn't do anything. <laughs> I watched that show on HBO. Um, Hard Knocks. Hard Knocks. Yeah. yeah the, with the Detroit Lions. I think there's only one episode so far, but that was like my first exposure to really seeing it. And the guys were struggling with it and you know, whatever. Um, are there any new technologies in, not that concussions are a big problem in the running world, but what's the latest and greatest technology that's come out in the running world? Yeah, I mean, shoe technology is huge now. So, is that like, a real thing? I mean... Yeah, so, uh, like, in spikes and road shoes, like, companies have basically come out with shoes that, like, maximize running economy, I guess. So, like, special foams and, like, carbon plates that, like, give you more energy return off the ground. So, part of the... One of the really cool things, like, being involved with Under Armour, who's, like, a kind of, like, a younger brand in, in the running world. Yeah. Um, we've been able to help them kind of develop that technology so we give a lot of feedback for like prototypes like i've run in a lot of like prototype shoes and help them develop um the shoe that's called the velocity elite that's their like okay. road shoe uh which has a carbon plate in it and like a special foam that's uh yeah designed to help you kind of like bounce off the ground more as you run <laughs> uh yeah road races and it's amazing like from the beginning of college to now how much shoe technology has changed really uh yeah like uh marathon shoes like as a couple years ago, there was a uh, a marathon. Uh, they did a, something in Vienna with Elliot Kipchoge, who's like the best marathoner in the world, just to see if a human could break two hours in the marathon. Okay. And they had him wear uh, like these new shoes. They had a team of pacers that were swapping out every 5K. They had a Tesla set to run the exact pace with like lasers on the ground telling the pacers where to run in like oh a V God. formation with him behind them. Wow. And... They attempted it twice. The first time he didn't get it, and the second time he did it, he did uh, ran 159. Oh my um, god! For the marathon, I didn't hear about that. I thought I would have heard about that. Now, was that considered like when Michael Phelps wore like the floating life jacket or floating wetsuit? Like, is that so? The I remember hearing about the swimsuits that were banned in in swimming, and like <laughs> for spikes on the track, I know there is some push to try to get like carbon plated spikes banned but i think some of it has to do with environmental reasons too some of it is like you know nike lobbying because their shoes are like not dependent on a carbon carbon plate where some are gotcha. um yeah so there's some strong arming there but yeah i mean it's definitely <laughs> changed the game uh it's just tough because like everyone runs wants to run faster and if there's like a way that 
may be contributing to them running faster like people don't want to ban it like yeah you know it seems silly and then like the the old heads or anyone who ran in like the old technology is like oh these records like you know are are tainted because of these shoes or whatever but yeah it's yeah it's crazy um so i'm thinking about i'm going back a little bit and it's kind of interesting what you said when you were when you were in that like you know, just as a reference point in my 10th grade health class, you did not realize yet, at least you said you didn't, that you were going to have like a breakout sort of year. So in your mind, like if I were to tell you in the beginning of 10th grade, hey, Casey, I think you're going to be an All-American um, at Villanova. Is that something that was even on your radar or is that something that you even felt confident enough to be yearning for? Or were you just like, I just like to run, <laughs> you know, like, I don't, I don't know. Cause some people are like set up on this track, like this path, like when they're in like yeah. fifth grade, like, I know I'm going to do this. What, what was your, like, was there a turning point? Was there a moment where you're like, oh, I'm, I'm really good. Like, I'm not just good. No, I'm, I'm yeah. really good. I mean, for me, it was kind of always one step at a time. It was more like I went through a period from like middle school to early high school where I was kind of transitioning, like letting go of soccer, like and getting more into running. Like I really enjoyed soccer and a lot of friends that played. Um, but I felt that like my, my talent was greater in running and eventually that was where I was going to go. Um, and I started to kind of enjoy that more. And, uh, I transitioned over and like, you know, my sophomore year, I was, I was decent, but like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I felt that, that I had more to give. And then like, I don't know. I, I feel like I knew that I was going to be pretty good. I wasn't thinking about college yet. I was just thinking about how I'm going to be, how I'm going to make myself really good. So yeah. obviously a lot of um, physical development. I think I grew like three inches a year in high school. So like going from <laughs> sophomore to junior year, junior, to senior, year, like that made a big difference. But also just like I started doing like morning runs. Like I get up a couple times a week before school at like 530 and run through the cemetery. I feel like there's not a lot of uh, high school kids doing that kind of thing. So that's the kind of thing that like, Physically, maybe yeah. it gave me an edge running another eight miles a week, something like that. But mentally, it was like, I'm doing some things that not a lot of kids are doing. Like, yeah. I'm going to be really good. Dude, that's uh, that, that, that mindset right there, I think, is so important. And well, two things. Number one, you got up early on your own without anybody making you get up. Probably. Let me let me clarify that. Like when, once I started doing that, I would set my alarm for five thirty every day, and then just hope that I could actually get out of bed twice a week. So <laughs> it was it was a gradual process, and that's fine. <laughs> it's still two more days per week than most than almost any kid, sure. most likely. Sure. The second part to that is you only really would understand and appreciate this if you went to the high school that Casey went to. He mentioned running through a graveyard. Now. There's a big connection with this like graveyard near your old high school. They do prom pictures yeah, there. That, that's a huge prom picture. Students place. Yeah. are running through it, practicing to win state championships. Like, what is it about that area? What is it? What, White Marsh Cemetery or something? Well, is that what it is? Yeah. So for me, like, it was more of like a, when it was still dark outside, like, there were no cars in there. So, like, I mean, running through there was a lot safer. Safe. Yeah. Uh, it was a little scary, just the fact that you're running through a graveyard when it's still dark. But I can see, like, that, yeah. the sun would start to come up by the time I got back. You know, eat breakfast, go to school, whatever. Um, yeah, but I, I don't know. I, that's just what I enjoyed, <laughs> and I got in the habit of, of doing that, and that was something that I that I like doing. No, like, I guess a little bit of that is, you know, you, you hear a lot of people say like, you got to outwork your opponent, and you have to, 
get up before the sun, work harder than mm-hmm. others. Like how much is that like, has that stuck with you um, in any regards, like through college, through your pro sort of running? Like, is that a big thing? Or are you just like, well, you know what? I just kind of stay on a schedule and work as hard as I can. So it's, it's interesting because in, in running, uh, there's a certain point to which like, yeah, outwork your opponent makes sense, but it's really doing like little things. Like you run a, a certain amount of mileage and you do workouts and do things that are ideal for you. Like your coach says in the weight room, stretching, whatnot, but you don't want to be overtraining. So like, you don't want to have that mentality of all have to work out, outwork everybody. And then just like kind of dig yourself into a hole. Cause it's easy to do that. Yeah. Um, so you kind of have to just work smarter, not harder is yeah. what I always say. So, um, just being really in tune with your body and what you can handle and your mind too. Like, uh, this time of year for me, like once I got hurt and had to take some time off, like kind of disconnecting for a little bit. Um, like I'm going on a, a trip with, uh, Brandon Tim who's a friend from high school. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You probably know. Heather him. Tim's, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Older brother. brother. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We've been friends since kindergarten, but That's yeah, awesome. we're going over to, to Europe. Uh, Oh, when is this? Yeah, it's uh September we're leaving September seventh. Uh and another friend from college, Nick Steele. But we Very cool. Yeah, we're like staying in some hostels and like planning oh. it out and stuff. But that's a good way kind of for me to disconnect uh between and reset for the next year of running. So like I think about like working hard, like there's a lot of like boxes I try to check every day in terms of like, you know, like working on my body, trying to be the best athlete I can be, but there's also the um the idea of you need to be able to work hard when it's time to work hard and you need to kind of disconnect when it's time to disconnect, which is something sometimes I've struggled with in my career of like taking things like so seriously and putting so much pressure on myself that it's detrimental. So the stress builds up and and affects other areas maybe of your life or. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely can. I mean, I was, I was definitely struggling a little bit. Like I was dealing with an injury, but also just not, and Maybe as a result of that, maybe it was kind of a, a snowball effect, but I was putting yeah. a lot of pressure on myself and maybe didn't perform as well as I was hoping to this past year. So that's another reason why I think I I need some time to reset and like kind of find a balance okay. uh, in my life. And even in, you know, high school and college at times, like that's something I have to check myself every once in a while of like, yeah, you might be doing all the right things, but maybe there's one or two things that you should just like, chill yeah. you know it might be better for you to just relax a little bit that's a, that's a great mindset um for you to have that at a young age i'm wondering like if you were to say to people out there not just in running but like in in life um and i'm obviously it translates to your sort of like pro running career right now but what are like the i would say like the three to five like most important things like all-encompassing like broad scale like you have you have to sort of have these things in order to be successful. Like anything from like, you know, sleep to nutrition, like what, what, like in your mind, like what are the key elements to being like a success or achieving your goals, being optimum? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of tough. I it think. is tough. I don't yeah. even know. I ask these questions. I'm like, I don't know what I would say. Let's see what this guy says. Yeah. I, I mean, like having goals, obviously is something people talk about all the time. Okay. Like, and I'm reading a book right now by Steve Magnus called Do Hard Things. It kind of like is it's about like reframing the way we think about toughness. Oh, whereas like, like there's a chapter about how we took the lo- wrong lesson from the military. Of like, Ooh, uh, tell me more about this. I love yeah. This. So it's like, uh, 
you know, people think of toughness as like, you know, Navy SEALs like linking arms and like laying in the ocean and like <laughs> like torturing themselves, like trying to become tough. But rea- the real toughness a lot of times is like setting realistic goals for yourself and trying to improve to, you know, a level that's achievable and sustainable. Yeah. So like if you say, you know, I'm going to sleep nine hours a night, but you know, you're working 80 hours a week. Like yeah. that's not achievable. Like, you know, you may have to settle for, you know, seven hours. Like yeah. that may be uh, like something you can do. So I think setting achievable, sustainable goals is important. So okay. I think about how I have to adjust my goals throughout the course of the season. Like something maybe I didn't do as well with is when I was a little banged up saying, oh, well, I may not be able to run like this time, but maybe I can like qualify for this meet or like, taking little steps to kind of get to where I want to be rather than say, Oh, I have to be one of the best in the world today. Like yeah, when, yeah. you know, I'm dealing with something. Um, that's interesting. Um, I know that's just one of the, the many ideas that you're about to share, but have you ever read, um, atomic habits? No, have I you heard about that? Yeah. I think you would like that. Um, I don't really read. I listen to books, but if you yeah. like to read, that's cool. Um, but it's, it's all about that. Like it, it's like getting 1% better every day. Yeah. And it's that like idea, small incremental, um, achievements and sort of like gaining success slowly. And most people, they call it the Valley of disappointment in the book. Like after mm. it's almost like when people start going to the gym on new year's or after new year's, right. you know, it's like, bam, plan of fitness. They're all packed. It's like, yeah, I don't, I don't go to those places, but I know it's always been like that. And then February 1st, it's like, back to what it was before because people like hit it hard and they expect to see results in a month or a month and a half. And when they don't come, they stop. But it's like, Mm. it's almost like if you just push through a little bit more and made it into a habit, that's what the whole like mini habits, like atomic habits. Sure. It becomes, um, something that is sustainable and something that you do see positive results from. Mm -hmm. But most people with whatever it is have trouble sticking with things. So like you said in the beginning, Mm. like, sustainability like setting goals that are sustainable and achievable made me think of that a little bit i think you might like that book it's it's kind of cool it talks about the tour de france and how they got like one percent better in every little aspect of like yeah. their bike mechanics and like their training and like overall and over time it made them um it, it was it was um england it made them win like f- like three or four in a row it's pretty cool yeah. but anyway that, hopefully those are the clean guys in the tour de france rather you, than you know i know you just don't know though i mean it's it's crazy because um i'm a big tour de france tour de france guy and i loved um lance armstrong and um like he was a big part of my childhood and i don't like for whatever reason i i still love lance armstrong like i can't i actually went to the tour de france when i probably about when i was your age and it was like one of his sort of last years before he came back and he won. And um, I had a, a little bit of a connection with his like manager. One of my friends is like his manager, Mark Higgins. Um, great guy. And I, man, I, I would love to um, talk to them someday about just whatever. But like, I know that that's so hard. Like I, I, I know I'll get in trouble for saying this, but like I kind of feel bad for Lance in a way because like, I don't know if he can ever come back from it because it's like, you know, if you really look into it in the tour, everyone was doing it. It was mm-hmm. just somewhere better at hiding it. So if you really look at it at that scale, everybody was doing it, mm-hmm. then he was still the best of everyone that was doing it. However, if everybody wasn't doing it, would he still be up there? It, it's a yeah. question that will never be answered. And um, it doesn't matter. I can't, I, I still have the memories of me like running through the Tour de France, seeing Lance go by for the first time and the whole Peloton and just go nuts. Yeah. And, um, 
it's it's uh it, it's not tainted for me but it you know what a story that's that's pretty wild anyway <laughs> so back to you you were talking about like i asked you about some things that you consider really important to be like a successful person in whatever mm. you're doing you talked about setting goals that are achievable attainable mm. um what else yeah, I, I think, and I think of things more that like I've at times struggled with to in terms of telling people rather than things that I that I do well. But okay. like, one of the other things is like learning to kind of enjoy the ride. Um, so I'm ultra competitive, right? Yeah. Like I put a lot of stock in results and how I perform and whatnot. But something that I continue to try to do better at, and at times this year I did do better at, is just like kind of enjoying the experience as it as it comes. Like. Yeah. So even in races where I was struggling this year, like enjoying, you know, traveling to new places and, you know, meeting new people in this period of my life, like this is such a golden period of my life. I it have this is, opportunity man. to do something that I love and, you know, spend these years like working towards my goals. Um, even when things aren't going so well, like sometimes I get, you know, really down thinking about these results where in reality, like, um, one good example, I guess, is I was in Nashville for a race earlier this year, and I knew I had, I had to run fast, uh, and it didn't work out for me. I didn't I didn't have a great race, but yeah, I had two friends come down and watch the race, um, and they stayed down there, and you know we spent the night like exploring Nashville, and yeah. just like for twelve hours, you know, I That's just awesome. put it behind me and just enjoyed spending time with them, spending time in this new place not thinking about, you know, tomorrow, the next race, yeah. whatever. I mean, not being, ir- not, ir- not being irresponsible, like in that, you know, gonna detriment to my detriment, like, yeah, sure. you know, put myself in a bad position, but just enjoying that moment, regardless of like, oh, it's not directly attributing to me achieving these goals. It's, it's more of a, you know, that was a special night with my friends, like that this period of my life allowed me to have. Yeah. That's a great perspective that, yeah. that you're able to do that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, I mean, and I think at times, like, I think about the mentality of, you know, other people in the sport or like stuff that I see on social media and stuff. And people are like, oh, you got to be so disciplined. Like, you got to be this and that. And like, yes, I mean, certainly, like, I think that contributes to being good. And, you know, 99% of the time, like, that is the mentality that I that I want to have. But also, you know, I look back on this period of my life and like there's a mix of moments that I want to remember and it's, yeah. you know, achieving things in running, you know, on the track. Like obviously I have these set goals for myself, but it's also like these moments with, you know, my friends, these me- meeting new people, traveling to new places. Like oh, it's yeah. just a holistic experience um, that, you know, I need to try to have. It's really special, man. I mean, even like, I don't know, it's such a... a I don't know how to if you say niche or niche. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Niche, maybe. Yeah. Like you're, you know, we have. I've seen kids go forward in like basketball and play overseas or something like that, and that's really cool, that experience. But you're in this like little sort of niche area of running that is kind of like just developing, and all of a sudden you get picked up by Under Armour and you're on their team, so to speak, mm-hmm. and. You know, all these things are sort of just coming together and you wouldn't be there if they didn't, if you weren't good. So you know that. So it's not like, oh man, I need to change everything to be the best. Like you're, you're in the mix, you know? So it's like, I don't, I don't know how, sometimes I wonder like, are we all, are we all limited at some level or, you know, can you, 
can you take the governor off, so to speak, like David Goggins says, I don't know if you know who that is, but like, yeah. and like push a little bit past that sometimes to get there. I don't know. I mean, maybe you already did that. <laughs> maybe mm-hmm. you already did that to get where you are. And it's kind of like, you know, your 354 mile that you ran, like one of these days, that's going to be your best time. It's never going to like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, that's got to be a weird thing to sort of like have in your head and know that, you know, I don't, you know more about what in your prime is, your mm-hmm. age, you're 25 now, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, are you, are you in your prime yet? Or is it not yet? Like what's, what's sure. going on? I mean, I, I think that, I mean, I'm still learning about myself, what works best for me. Obviously I've gone through a lot of changes this past year, but I think that once you get that right formula, you stay healthy, you have a good block of training, you start racing and you peak yeah. at the right time. All of a sudden you can get closer to where you think that that mark is, that's like the best you can be. And that's really my goal for this experience in terms of like a, like a pure running goal is just have a season where I feel like, wow, like I really just got everything out of myself. <laughs> and like, if that's, you know, being the U.S. champion, like obviously that's my okay. my goal is you know make an Olympic team, make a world team, uh, and compete at the highest level. But if I feel like I got the most out of myself and you know I fall short of that, like ultimately that may have to be good enough. Yeah, you know. Yeah, absolutely. What, so what if you were to you know go on, you have these goals. Like, what would be your best chance? What event and like where are you right now, and where would you need to be in order to sort of be in that mix? Like for a U.S. champ or something like that. No, that's that's a good question. I mean, right now I I primarily focus on the fifteen hundred. Fifteen hundred. Uh, yeah, my best is three thirty seven, but I have to be able to run under three thirty five, so at least three thirty four to run the world or Olympic standard as it stands right now. Okay. And then competing in, um, like a championship race, then is it's not just about time; it's about place. So like you have okay. to have hit that time, and you have to be top three, uh, in that race. Granted, if somebody in the top three didn't hit that time, then it could fall down to like the fourth person. Gotcha. But so like a few seconds off time wise, and then also just having, you know, some great days at uh, a championship is the difference. And I think that um, I may end up moving to the 5K more in the future. We'll have to see. I mean, I want to experiment with that and hopefully run a fast one in December after a good fall buildup. But yeah, I mean. The 1500 is my main event at the moment. So 334 is this like number, right? Or 335 right around there. Yeah. How many U.S. people, males, can run that right now? Approximately. Yeah, I'm trying to think of how many have done it this year. I think it was like seven or eight. Okay. Something like that. And then how many, if you're in that, would you consider yourself in the next tier? Or is there even a tier after that that's like the 336 or? Yeah, I mean like... I feel like to this point in my career, when I've been at my best, I would be in that next tier. I mean, I think I even fell short of that this year just yeah. from uh, being, you know, banged up and not having the not having the best spring season. When I, when I opened up in 354 indoors this year, like that's certainly where I felt I was. I felt like I was a step or two away from being able to compete at an elite level, and that's where I felt I was going. Yeah. And I think if I stay healthy and have a, have a good season, that's where I can be. Okay. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, that just didn't work out this year. So you know what's funny, Casey, is like, I'm 43, almost 44. I'm getting up there. Um, found some gray in my beard this year. My, my kids found it, actually. And I've been denying it. But Do your kids just like pick through your beard on a regular basis? They, they, they look at it. They see it. You know, it shines in the light and it's just, it's a thing. Uh, it might cause me to shave it because if you don't have any, I'm bald. And if I shave my beard, no one will know. You know what I mean? I'll just look young. I look like I'm 25. Mm-hmm. 
Sort of. Um, anyway, I like, w- so here's my question. Um, but before I ask the question, I'll give it a little setup. I like to mountain bike, right? It's the only competition that I get in my life these days. I'm competitive as well, but I don't compete against anybody because I, I ride with a few friends and most of them are better than me anyway. So like I, they, they wait for me and stuff. And I, I just, so I compete against like Strava and like mm-hmm. my times on all these like local courses that I do. Sure. And I get like excited driving up to the spots. I go to Nakamixon, I go to Valley Green, Wissahickon. Yeah. And I have these loops that I do that I'm almost obsessed with. Like I, some of my friends are like, oh, let's check out this other trail. I'm like, no, <laughs> we must do this exact trail because I, I need to see where I am. Yeah. And it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, you know, I'm not sponsored by Under Armour, but I am trying to get sponsored by Spirit Airlines. Hasn't worked out yet. Oh, well, um, how does that work? It's not working. It's just <laughs> something I made up. I just think it would be an awesome to be sponsored by Spirit. I don't know why. Why specifically uh, Spirit? I don't Are know. you it's passionate just, about budget airlines? It's like, a, the, just the way that they treat their customers. I love it. Um, no, I, I don't know why. I just think it would be fun to be wearing. Like if I was here wearing a Spirit Airlines hat and T-shirt, it would be fun to like mix it up with an Under Armour spokesperson. It, it's just, it's one of my goals. That's there's not yeah, a lot to say. I, don't, I, yeah, I don't know how to elaborate on that. You can't, so. <laughs> you, it's just impossible. But we'll just if, um, for another day. But my question to you is like, you're. I see you as like, man. I've heard this before. Um, pressure is privilege. Like it's just a quote. And like I don't know if you've heard that, but you you probably get to you know you could play it off like oh you know I'm just whatever day to day and and I'm sure it is that. But when you have these competitions that you kind of know like look. I'm building up in the fall for this big race. I have to perform. Like if I don't, it's gonna it's gonna set me in one direction or another. Either I'm staying, you know, the same, getting better, getting worse. Mm-hmm. Like that's pretty much all that can happen. But what goes into like what is your mindset like leading up to these races? Like what is it like? You know, you know, the day before, the day of, an hour before, a few minutes before, sure. during. Um, you know, what does it kind of look like? And I'm also curious about like your sleep leading up to it and your nutrition, like the day of 10,000 questions I just asked you, Yeah, whatever comes to mind, like just curious. Yeah. So, I mean, well, I guess we'll start kind of a week out. Like if it's a big race, you know, you run a little bit less mileage during the week. Um, and then, you know, three days before you do kind of like a prep workout, maybe you do a little bit of aerobic. So like maybe a couple miles at like a tempo type of effort with short rest and then a couple like shorter reps, maybe like 300s closer to the pace that you're going to race at. So maybe, you know, like three or four 300 meter reps closer to mile pace with a decent amount of rest in there. Um, Yeah. And then, I mean, I'm not changing my diet too much like that far out from a race, but like on race day, uh, yeah, I guess switching over to no, nutrition. That's do you have like a nutritionist and stuff or do you just figure it out? What, no, what no, no nutritionist, but like, I mean, I just, yeah, generally try to eat healthy. I've done, done some research and like I, I've had, you know, people, especially in college who have given me advice on, on that stuff. I mean, I eat generally the same breakfast every day. Like on race day, a lot of times races are at night on the track. Okay. So I, I typically eat a big breakfast. Uh, walk us through it. What is it? Yeah. In the morning. So I have three eggs. Uh, that's something that I'm picky about is organic cage-free eggs. That's yeah, that's what my, that so is, my wife is as well. I uh, tried to I tried to um, introduce something in our budget. I was like, hey, I can go to Aldi's and get these other eggs. She's like, no, we're not doing that. And I'm like, yeah, no, we're not doing that. And, and I get it. She's researched a lot of the nutrition. And I'm sure it's it's for all of our benefits. Yeah. So three so, three eggs cage-free. Yeah. So a uh, banana and then some oatmeal with like some chia seeds um, and peanut butter. Oh, nice. That's typically my breakfast. And then it, it, it just depends on the timing of the race. Like, I mean, I'll go through the day and probably try to have 
a meal about three to four hours ahead of a race and then a snack, you know, maybe 90 minutes uh, before just kind of top off some energy stores, like just something like basic carbs, like another banana, you know, toast, something like that. Okay. Um, yeah. And in terms of, <laughs> in terms of like nerves and whatnot, yeah, like the day of a race, I have, I have a hard time like doing a whole lot productive the day of the race. Oh, to yeah. be honest, I do, I do get, uh, some pre-race nerves, but I mean, just generally try to relax, watch some TV. I mean, uh, have <laughs> just have conversations with the people I'm I'm staying with and whatnot, and then you know <laughs> the warm up will start an hour before the race. Honestly, the worst the worst part of being a professional runner is like the two or three hours beforehand. I feel like before the warm up starts, that's when I'm the most nervous, and yeah. it's just like a you know you know <laughs> you're just trying to like stay calm and just like occupy yourself the best you can. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I think that, yeah, trying to put yourself in the right headspace of, you know, the, the work is done, yeah. all the training's done. I mean, I'm just going to like show what I have today, be tough out there. And the result is what it is. Uh, when you step up to the line, have you ever had, you ever go up against like the, uh, you know, Steve Prefontaine's of the world or like, I, I'm sure you know them in your world. There's these like, Guys are like, whoa, that's the guy that has the world record. Have you ever raced against the big dogs like in, in your events? I'm sure you probably have. but Yeah, I mean, I've raced against some great athletes for sure. Some guys that I feel like, dang, like even on my best day, it's going to be tough to beat uh, okay. this kind of guy. But those are the type of races you want to be in because yeah. like, then those guys are going to pull you to a faster time, to a better race, you know. Um, and see what you're made of and what you – maybe you become one of those guys. Yeah. Maybe you are one of those guys. Sure. And then like, I mean – obviously at times you're going to fail and like, uh, you know, something that I'm constantly working on is, you know, short memory. Like you may have had the best buildup of your life and it just doesn't come together on a certain day, yeah. you know, but you race, you know, every week or two and you just got to be able to put that out of your mind and, and focus on the next one. There's actually a guy who, uh, like I really admire Clayton Murphy, who's, he's been an Olympian in the 800 and he's, he's a great athlete. I've seen him have some awful races, really awful. But then he comes back the next week and will will win in like dominating fashion. It's just amazing that like, like you can look <laughs> like so terrible and then come back and be amazing. And yeah. obviously he's competed at the highest levels. Like he was an Olympic bronze medalist. Wow, like that's amazing. He's a phenomenal athlete. So that's like so something like I aspire to like have like mentally too is like the resilience of like bad day moving on next week. You know, next week I, I own the track, you know? Yeah. Well, so like as a professional runner, you know, as a professional NFL player, like, oh, you have one goal to win the Super Bowl. Um, what is the Super Bowl for for you? Are there multiple Super Bowls? Like what is like, what would be, you know, the ultimate the ultimate goal? Yeah, I mean, in, in track or any Olympic sport, the Super Bowl is the Olympics. Yeah, so, I, I mean, every four years, that's really what everything revolves around. People like contracts are structured around olympic cycles people structure you know their lives around olympic cycles yeah. their training around olympic cycles i mean there's the world championship every year too which is big for us sure but in the grand scheme of things like in terms of people watching track like i'm sure you just watch oh, yeah. the olympics like it's yeah pretty much it yeah yeah and so the olympics is certainly the biggest thing uh so the the dream of every you know professional runner and professional of every sport that's pretty much only popular in the olympics is to <laughs> compete at the olympics yeah uh, so yeah i mean i I have this professional career with the goal of trying to make that Olympic team in 2024. Uh, and there are steps along the way. Like, obviously, I'm going to be competing for a world championship spot. 
uh, next year. There are like big meets I'd like to to race and win. But yeah, I mean that's like the that's the top of the mountain really is the Olympics. And if you win an Olympic yeah. gold medal, like that's you're set. You're, yeah, you're, 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 it's over. <laughs> I mean, it's like that. I that mean, would be it's it. not over. Like I know, people but... will continue to compete, but that is like <laughs> you know you've achieved the 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 highest honor in you know yeah. your sport. It's almost stressful for me to think about for you because it's like I talk, you know, teaching high school. I talk to a lot of kids, you know, and they say I'm I'm going to the league. I'm playing in the NFL, or I'm. It's like oh, probably not. Um, yeah. Just going off of the numbers, but <clears throat> they 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 believe that they do. And you're kind of like, you know, a lot of kids are like, oh, I'm going to be in the Olympics someday. I'm going to be in the NBA, blah, 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 all this. It's funny. <clears throat> uh, Casey, Casey's gearing up right now with like a nutrition bar as we're speaking. This no, is where he has I've to actually got eye drops oh, because I, oh. uh, yeah, I have to put eye drops in every hour or two because oh, I yeah. had LASIK the other day. Take care of business. I'll just keep yapping. This is, uh, this will be great for those of you watching this on YouTube. You'll get to see like firsthand um, what LASIK surgery looks like a few days later. But the the funny thing about what I think about with Casey, not funny, but it's like, for me, yeah, I want to be in the Olympics too. And I talk to a lot of kids that have these big goals. But for you, it's like, you're actually, <clears throat> excuse me, you're actually like right at the cusp of like, you know, you're right in the mix there. So that's almost like more pressure for most people. It's like, yeah, that's just not going to happen. But for you, it, it is that like an extra level of pressure, like being so close to it? Or like, like I know you said, like you take it day by day and, and, and all that stuff. And that's a great mindset. But did you ever, do you ever think about it like that? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think that, yeah, like I said, one, one goal at a time. And the mountain gets steeper as you climb. Like I, people will say like, oh, you're so close, but I, I don't feel that close. I feel like there are still, you know, steps in between. Like I have to make a U.S. final yeah. before I can think about being top three, you know, making a world or Olympic team. I mean, and that, you know, like you may have a great year and just like things all come together and it all happens at once and that would be phenomenal. But yeah. I'm, I'm more so thinking like, how do I get on that level? How do I give myself a chance? So, you know, my goal for next year is to be able to make that U.S. final and feel like I have a chance. Okay. Um, because, you know, I think you make these big improvements throughout your life and then it gets harder and harder to to improve and like to take smaller steps and like eventually, you know, you you build some momentum and then the smaller steps start coming one after the other and then, you know, you give yourself a shot. So I think that I just got to like start doing all the the little things right, stay healthy and like start building some momentum and then now who knows what can happen yeah, who but. knows what could happen i mean <clears throat> we'll certainly be following you i will be um like what what do you do now like you graduated college how many years ago two so three? i finished undergrad in 2019 okay. I, and then i was in grad school i had uh, a red shirt year and then covid so i was i was kind of around the villanova area for forever and then signed with under armor in uh october so i mean talk, september october but it's like a year ago yeah, that's almost great. okay. Almost a year ago, yeah, and I mean, but just been so blessed. They like basically. So here's the timeline of the last year. Okay, race through the summer after the Olympic trials. Uh, you know, I was feeling pretty beat up after that. Took a little break, but then like started traveling and racing and stuff. Started having the conversation with Corey, my coach now, and eventually came to a deal with Under Armour in uh, in like October. They got us an Airbnb in Baltimore to like go and see the city for. Uh, oh, sorry. Signed in September. They got us an Airbnb in the month of October. I went down there and, you know, 
it's just yeah it was just such a cool experience oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, i can't imagine we stayed together for a month there then went to altitude camp in flagstaff for the month of november nice. um which was awesome did a little build up uh raced once didn't go super well i was kind of disappointed in that we went to iowa state and i ran a mile and just kind of didn't run as well as i was hoping and i ran like 402 or something like that yeah went home for christmas uh reset a little bit then we had a warm weather camp in scottsdale uh for a couple weeks then came back and ran 354 in the mile so it turned things around Damn. a lot that's crazy uh ran great but then just like had trouble after that. I think sometimes you get excited after a big race and just like overtrain or like start, you know, trying to press a little bit more and just didn't really fulfill my goals after that. I went to U.S. Indoor Championships in Spokane, Washington. Um, so that was cool. And yeah. to be able to compete against like, you know, the best in the country was fun. And yeah, uh, but yeah, just didn't perform as well as I was hoping to. Uh, then moved to Baltimore in March uh locked down for training for a couple weeks and then started traveling to race again had a, a race in delaware a race in iowa a race in nashville a race in new york um does your coach tell you about these races or are you like are you the one that goes to them or is it like a collective thing like are they just like all right case you're going to iowa on monday and then two weeks we got to go out to spokane or are you like how does that work well, so I have an agent as well who, uh, like, I get a schedule of all the meets throughout the year, and I mean, I can let him know and try to help arrange, like, getting into these meets or, like, if they're providing travel or transportation. And some of the travel and transportation I, I schedule on my own just because I want it to be in my own schedule. Yeah. Um, I have people helping me decide where to go, like, oh, this meet's going to be good. Like, there are going to be some really fast athletes there. Yeah. It's a good chance to try to run, you know, a PR or try to run the world standard whatever um or like oh yeah this meet is a so-and-so there's prize money there you could go there um so yeah i mean it's not all on me the decision ultimately falls on me of it like you know where's your fitness at um like when do you want to race right uh what are your goals and whatnot but there are definitely people helping me is this like a, how do you live like i mean you don't you work a little bit here and there but are you did you have savings or do they take care of you like how does it kind of work i mean are you just kind of like winging it and and just kind of going for it is it a struggle is that is that piece of it like a stress on you or not really not not really i mean i'm just incredibly blessed to have like under armor supporting me the way i am because awesome. like I, I think that I mean, it's a steep pyramid, professional running. There's not as much of a middle class. I feel like there's a lot of people like scrapping by, yeah. um, you know, maybe just getting gear and like a little bit of help. Uh, and then there's some people who have achieved a lot and like are doing very well. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that they like I'm supported well and well enough to be comfortable and be able to focus on my goals. And, awesome. That's, uh, that's, that's great. Being close to HQ, being able to, you know, help develop like great products, like the new, you know, road shoes we have, new spikes, um, trainers that are improving a lot. Like I just got a new pair of, uh, trainers. They're called the, uh, uh, the Machinas. They're like the Machina three, basically the, the shoe that I, when I first signed this shoe, I didn't like it very much. And now they came up with a new version. That's just like so much better. It's so cool to see the improvement. In it's cool stuff like that um, do they sell it or is it just for like their their run? yeah okay yeah yeah they, they sell it i mean and that's part of why we uh why my job exists is to provide right. some like credibility some uh visibility for real life testing know, all that stuff. running products yeah exactly um 
Yeah, so there are a lot of ways. Like, I mean, I have a contract and I'm supported, obviously, by Under Armour. I mean, there are prize, there's prize money at races, too, okay. um, that you can earn. And then I do a little bit of work on the side, not because necessarily I need to, um, but it's also something to keep me busy, keep my life, like, dynamic and work on other skills that, yeah. you know, ultimately running is going to come to an end at some point. I sure. like to be doing uh, other things. But, yeah, like, I, I think that I was just... I'm just so blessed to be given uh, like a, what is a rare opportunity in our yeah. sport. Um, it, it, it's, it's a rare opportunity in any sport. I mean, I don't know a lot of people that have, have sort of been sponsored like you and, and taken care of. It seems like, I mean, with young people today, it's like, Oh, I'm trying to get sponsored. I'm trying to like, it's just this big thing of, of kids on Instagram and like, yeah, it's like, what do you, what are you getting sponsored for? Cause what, cause you're dance or like, so it's, it's, it's nice to, um, and rare to have a talent that is so well respected and regarded that a major company is like, yeah, this guy's really good. We're going to have him on our team and mm-hmm. gear him up and take care of him and, and, and see what he can do. And because it's like, you know, you, you might, people might think of it as like, wow, they're, you know, Casey's really lucky to have that, but he is. And at the same time, I feel like they're lucky to have you, you know, they need you as much as kind of like you may need them in a way. Sure. Not just you, but like anyone that they, that they bring on. And that's, that's kind of cool. I should say too, like other professional uh, runners, like I'm not like the best, like social, I'm not like the most social media savvy guy. Some (laughs) runners do a really good job of getting like other sponsors as well. And like providing value through social media. I do some of that. And like our team, we got uh, a mattress sponsorship. Shout I saw out, that on shout out Lulu Mattress. Lulu uh, Mattress, man. That's, yeah, that's cool. No, I mean, it's an exceptional mattress. I sleep great, but uh, awesome. So that that's like one other thing, one other avenue, I guess, to you know making a living from running and is like the influencer route. Which, sure. Yeah, certainly. It's real. It's I would real. not consider myself an influencer, <laughs> but like I understand the value that provides, and that couldn't be almost as uh, important as you know, like running fast for. Uh, some people Absolutely. they have ten thousand followers and are able to put like names out there. You know? Yeah. Is there ever like I kind of know that world a little bit, and it's like it's a lot of stress and a lot of work. It's like, man, where I only have so many hours in a day. Do I yeah. want to like put? It's not just like, oh, I'm gonna record a cell or record it. You gotta rec- you gotta think about it, plan it, record it, make sure it's yeah. perfect lighting, and then um, you know it's funny. Like I mess around with all kinds of stuff. I have a couple YouTube channels and stuff. And I'll work really hard on a video. I'm like, this is good. Like, this is like, I'll edit it for two hours, put it up. I think it's like seven watches or seven views on YouTube. And then I'll put the dumbest thing up. Like, uh, do you know what YouTube shorts is? It's kind of like the new, it's kind of like the new TikTok, but it's like, it's YouTube's version of just really short videos. And I just discovered it recently. My son told me about it. He's like, I'll try to put something up on there. Yesterday, I put a video up of me mountain biking. I'm not that good. I'm not like, yeah. I'm just, I'm a mountain biker. I like it. Um, I had a little video. It's like nine seconds. I put it up. I look back in an hour, it has 5,000 views. I'm like, what the, like, it, there's no yeah. rhyme or reason. It's not because, wow, Jim Shields mountain bike, this really moderate trail. Like, let's yeah. go see. It's not that at all. It's like, there's some algorithm, some secret, like the time that you post, the, mm-hmm people's attention spans are so short. So the long videos that I make, it, it's odd, but the, the, they don't get a lot of views, but the short ones, it, it's weird. Yeah, so it's, that, it is what it is. Yeah, I've like, and I really just, I post pictures with captions, try to give updates. And I do, I spend a decent amount of time thinking about like, 
you know, what I'm going to say and stuff. Yeah. And it, you don't realize how much time that takes. And then people making reels, people you oh, know, yeah. posting even more regularly. Like, it's got to take a lot of time. Yeah, it's uh, like a, you have to build it in to be successful and, like, make it a habit almost. Yeah, something, I, like, interesting, too, about working with, like, a company like Under Armour is we have these meetings, like, we've met with, like, the social team, like, yeah. the running social team. And they'll tell us about, like, strategies for, you know, improving your social media presence and whatnot. Like, uh we learned about like, you know, having a professional account, you can look at like the times of day where your followers are most active. Yeah. You know, we learned about, you know, hashtags, learned about cropping pictures properly, you know, different tools to edit pictures, like, yeah. you know, making reels. I think it's uh, like, that's another cool thing, like, and smart by them to provide us with those resources, because like, that's another value we're providing for them. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. And like, I think it's just uh, learning more about that world because that's increasingly, you know, part of, you know, marketing and part of like some of the other areas that I'm interested in. That has been been cool, too. Yeah, it's it's crazy how quickly some people can blow up for things that are not nearly as, um, I don't know, admirable as, or as respectful <laughs> as like what you're doing. But it, neither here nor there. Um, I want to ask you to through your life, through high school, through Villanova, um, your pro times. Have you ever had, you know, a mentor that you learned, like you almost attribute it or you almost attribute a good amount of what your mindset is, what your, what your, I don't know, style of just being is from any sort of any, was there any one specific leader that stands out or one specific mentor or coach or I don't know, maybe not. I'm just curious or if if there's been a collection of them. I mean, I I think that. Like I got to, my parents obviously, you know, Absolutely. raised me in their big role models in my life. But I think that I've had a lot of uh, coaches throughout my career and like every one of them have played like a specific role sure. in like kind of shaping me to get to where I am right now. Like I remember all the way back to middle school, right? Coach Deke, Brian Careless. Uh, oh yeah. He, uh, like, I think the first stage of getting into a sport like running is like, learning how you can enjoy that whereas some people are like running like that that's like the punishment for other sports like why is how is that fun but he like he would come to practice every day and like i don't know what he was doing for work but he would he would draw these like really detailed maps of runs like and like show them to us and then like so that we would like wouldn't get lost and stuff which was funny and then boy uh, missing in horsham yeah on on friday we do like a little bit of a warm-up and like play frisbee and like we would do other events like i did like the hurdles they had weight classes in the sprints in middle school so i was doing like the 90 pound to 60 meter hurdles i did like high jump i could high jump like four six something like that but it made track fun so like that was huge at that point and then like you go further and like uh russ coleman in high school uh coach coleman was was big yeah he was uh just like a very steady voice i feel like he's very uh yeah he's very he's very very stoic kind of guy he is but it's like you, you almost respected him because he was a, I believe he was a state champ, right? Uh, yeah. And I mean, he was success. He was successful in college. Like his JMU team, I believe was like sixth at NCAAs and yeah. uh, briefly ran at the professional level. And just like as a person, he was just somebody I like felt like I could lean on. He's very quiet. He wasn't like, uh, he wasn't the most like rah, rah guy. At, like, yeah, but all that's time, not but always what you want. You know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I leaned on him a lot. And then I had other coaches like, uh, you know, Dan Hibbs coaches for one indoor season. He was cool. He was closer to my age and yeah. was a great runner and I remember somebody that. I could talk to. And Mike Mahoney, uh, he kind of like came in after Coleman and 
he was a young guy. He ran at Penn State briefly and like uh, was still kind of figuring some things out in his life too. Yeah. Uh, now he has his own like timing company. He times track races and oh, really? like it's something that he really enjoys. Yeah, so it's That's cool. Awesome. I saw him yesterday. Cool. Um, but he was uh, like the two of us were kind of learning about like training at the same time. Like yeah. he had like taken some things from Coleman and from like other experiences he had or read. And like he was helping me get more involved with my own training and it helped me learn a lot like going into college that I think helped me. Um, then, uh, yeah, so I think my college coach Marcus is probably my biggest mentor. Marcus? Uh, yeah, Marcus O'Sullivan. So he and he's a great Irish uh, Olympian. He won indoor world championships. He ran wow. 101 sub four miles famously. Uh, <laughs> so a very successful runner, but... I mean, great running coach, but more so in terms of like life. Like yeah. he's somebody that I really lean on. Like, you know, after having to shut down running this year and like having a tough time, he's somebody like I came and visited and talked to. Um, just because I feel like he has such a good uh, like perspective of like a life balance of like where you're going. Like he sees me like he he's he's always said like I know you're going to be successful. Yeah. Uh, but you need to take this time to explore this period of my life. And like, it's kind of why I have this perspective on running of like, this is an experiment to see how good I can be. And I, yeah, he's helped give me the confidence of like, you know what, you're going to be fine after this, but you've really got to, you know, go down this, this pathway and like, yeah. see how, uh, and see how it goes for you. See how it uh, shakes out. You don't know. Yeah. And he's just, yeah, there's some people they just give off this aura of like, there's somebody like you want to be around. There's somebody that you want to confide in. And I feel like that's the way I've always felt about him. And that's yeah. why I uh, made the decision to go there too. What did like, um, if there's, and, and you met him, he was this presence and you felt his, you know, energy probably and felt that he was going to be a good mm -hmm. mentor before you even went there. What are some things that like, if you had like one main takeaway from the one thing that you think he has sort of implanted in your brain and maybe you already said it, but what did he, you know, what's the one thing like, oh, Coach O'Sullivan always said, blah, blah, blah. Or it's the one thing that you thank him for, like helping you the most with. It might even be a really small thing. I'm just, I was just curious if anything stands out. And that's a hard question because you bring it to think about it. You're like, hmm, told me this once. And I don't know. Is there any, any specific thing? Uh, I, I think that it's more of uh I think it's the outlook on life of like kind of like one thing leads to another. Like, okay. He talks about um, other guys that he knew or that he coached that became, you know, professional runners and like the next stage of their life. And like something, you know, I feel like I had concern about is like, oh, you know, like being a professional runner is great and all that's going to end at some point. Like, yeah. how am I going to move on in my life? He tells me stories like, oh, this other guy, Bobby Curtis, like, he got this really great finance job because he's doing like lawn work for somebody. Yeah. Like if you're a good, if you're a good person, you're personable, like you're willing to have conversations with people that you come across, like you're going to be fine. Yeah. Right. I, I agree with that. That's awesome. Yeah. And he always says like, like I know you, like you are going to be like doing fine in yeah. 10 years from now. Just as long as you enjoy this period of time, you you know, have conversations with people that you come across, you're, you know, reaching out to people, you're trying to make the most out of this experience. One thing's going to lead to another. Yeah. And, you know, you're going to enjoy this part of your life and be successful. And then you're going to move on to something else and you're going to be successful in yeah. that too. It's like, 
I have confidence in who you are and what you're going to become. So don't worry as much about that. Yeah. You know? and, and you, and you trust him, you believe him when he says that. And it, it almost like you may kind of thought that about yourself already, but like hearing that from someone that you respect so much is like, man, okay. This, it's almost like a, I don't know, like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like, you know, it's, it, yeah. that is what it is. Like you are going to do that. So enjoy it now and see where this ride takes you. And all the things that happen in the next few weeks, months, years, they're only going to help you with whatever you end up doing whether it's a businessman or a salesman or cutting lawns or yeah. coaching track or whatever it is. Yeah. And I should give credit to my coach now, Corey, who like, I feel like I've shared some of the things like, uh, some of my concerns, my goals for running, my yeah. goals for after running. And he's just like, all right, we're in this together. Like I'm, I'm here to help you accomplish those goals and I'll do anything I can to help you. So yeah, I just That's like, cool. again, I feel so blessed to have, like I've had different types of leaders, in like the coaching role at various stages of my career that I yeah. feel like have all just like fit a good, had they fit been there at the time that I needed them yeah, for developing. And honestly, maybe you got lucky in that sense is like, I don't think Lux has a lot to do with it, but I mean, it, it, the way it fit is like, it's just perfect for you. When you needed them, they were there and you progressed to the next level and you just have been rising ever since. Um, Casey, I'm curious, like, are you, so you've had these, you've had a lot of great mentors, shout outs that you just gave, but that's mm. great. Do you think you have ever been a mentor to other runners, to other people, whether it was in high school, college, right now? And what do you do as a leader to, um, I mean, what does it mean to you being a leader and, and what is your leadership role? What has it been in the past? I'm just curious about that. Sure. So, I mean, in, in high school, like when you're just, you know, a star high school athlete, like you are setting an example, obviously, for, you know, other kids around. And yeah, like, they're going to look up to you whether they yeah. want to or not. Like, oh, he's really fast. He's really good. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, that's one thing. But then you're you're pushed to another level when, like, you're not above and beyond the best at the next level anymore. Like, I get to college and I work my way up to being good and being maybe the most accomplished athlete, like, on our team as we got later on. But I think of the dynamic in college was interesting because uh, my – the guy I roomed as roomed with as a freshman and remain good friends with now, Andrew Marston, he was, by the time we got older, like I had some leadership role of like, yeah, kids looked up to me and I would give like subtle advice from time to time. But I really wasn't that guy who was like the rah, rah, Let's like, go. Yeah, yeah. like there's something to be said for carrying the emotional energy of a team. Yeah. And that's what he was able to do. And I okay. think that that allowed me to be more successful. Like Andrew, taking that role, I, I felt like it took some pressure off of me, him carrying the emotional energy of the team. That's awesome. Where I could give like subtle advice, set like a, a more subtle example. And he was more of like the, you know, hitting the hammer to the <laughs> nail, like, you know, firing people up. Yeah. Like, you know, he's great at like, you know, holding people accountable and stuff. He was like good cop, bad cop sometimes, or he was <laughs> the bad cop, was good cop. But he kicked my ass so many times in, <laughs> in practice. He was somebody that like, it's weird to like look up to somebody who's like, you know, your your peer as like, wow, like they're really like, you know, they're really pushing me. Like he I think he's responsible for some of my success too, just because like of the way he was. Like he, he uh like the way we could like kind of co lead and like yeah. bounce things off each other, I think uh that was really uh that was really special. So um I don't know if I went on a tangent no, there that, or, that, what, that's, or whatever. That's cool. I'm just curious like of um uh, just e everyone's experience with leadership, whether you're, you know, sort of soaking it in from others and then, you know, sort of regurgitating that back to 
whether you get a new guy on the team or, you know, just, you know, leadership sometimes is looked at, in my opinion, as something of like, oh, we're expecting, you know, Braveheart to come out and give this rah-rah speech like the gentleman you were talking about. Yeah. Or this big role. But I think, you know, as I go through life, I really do think, um, and there's this guy named Drew Dudley who I've, he has a couple videos and, and stuff, but he talks about like everyday leadership and like how anyone, you don't have to be sponsored by Under Armour or be like the captain of the football team or whatever mm -hmm. to be this leader. Like it's just about leading by example and being nice and giving compliments, being positive. Like I feel like those are ways to be like an everyday leader, um, yeah. just little things. And I'm not, you know, I'm just wondering is, do you buy into that or do you consider that stuff like, well, you know, I'm too focused right now to, to, to bring other people on or to build people up or to be nice. I mean, not that you're a meanie, <laughs> like it's not something mm. I'm saying, but like, do you value some of that stuff? Do you think there's value in like, being positive, being kind. Um, what do you think about that in terms of like being a leader and those like many things that everybody can do? Yeah, I, I think that, you know, I think of being positive and being kind, like I think of almost being affirmative, like being like, rather than saying like, oh, like do you, if somebody asks you like, oh, you think this is a good idea? And if they're trying to think of ways to improve themselves and they ask, you something and you think it's a good idea rather than saying yeah that could work saying like absolutely yeah like uh like encouraging them in the most affirmative way possible making them feel confident okay that you're on board with them rather than like oh yeah sure like <laughs> like an answer that makes you it makes it feel like sure like you're answering their question but maybe you don't care as much like yeah. an answer that's like you know absolutely like that's a great idea or like i'm not sure maybe you should do this like i think this would be great for you yeah. like you know that, just, I, no i got you like really Really listening to them and and giving them like that affirmation or like tell, letting them know you're on board. Yeah, That's and because cool. I, I know when I have conversations with people, like I can tell by the way somebody's act, like somebody can say yes or no, but like by the way they like by the way they say it, by yeah. their body language, like you may take one thing or another, and that part of that that is me overthinking too. But <laughs> I'm guilty of that sometimes. As well. I I then think of that when I'm giving answers and stuff. Like if friends ask me for a favor, I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Like, and I don't want them to feel bad about asking for that favor at all. I want yeah. them to say, I want them to know like, yeah, I'm your friend. I'm here for you. Like, and it should be not just what I say, but how I say it. Yeah. Like what I look like when I'm saying it. Like, yeah, I should just be all in. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And, and I think like even, you know, it's funny, like, um, I don't know, I do interviews and I deal with a lot of people as you do too. But over the years, um, like a, there's little things that, that really sort of shine through with people. And like, you know, you said, you're like, hey, could we do 8.30 instead of 9.30 mm -hmm. this morning to mm -hmm. to meet and do this? And I'm like, nice. He likes to get up early. I like that. Like, it, mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, that, it, that, that, in my mind, I put you a level up. I'm like, all right, I love people that get up early and like to get stuff done because, you know, you got other things to do. Sure. And also, you know, I look out the door at 8.29 and you're there. Like, you're on mm -hmm. time. I love that. I think that is so important for people. And I, and I feel like those that don't, buy into that or don't believe in those things, like mm -hmm. saying you're going to be there and you you show up. Um, so many different levels of, of life where if that doesn't happen, you lose trust in somebody. And I mm -hmm. feel like you may not even think of that as like a leadership thing, but I'm like, damn, he wanted to come early. He's there on time. That's, that's exactly what I thought you would do. But if that didn't happen, I'd be like, eh, mm -hmm. not that I would think bad about you or anything, but it's like, 
I don't know. Do you find that those little things, like, do you, do you think those things are important? Like if you're giving advice to like a younger person going through life? Yeah. I think you might be giving me a little too much credit here. I feel like I'm (laughs) I'm pretty often, you know, a couple minutes late, but, uh, I think that, yeah, following through on things is very important. And that's something, you know, I continue to try to do better at. Like Me too. Like, I don't do as good a job as I would like of, you know, keeping up with friends. And like, yeah, when when you imagine. hang up the phone with somebody who you haven't talked to in a while and you say, yeah, let's keep in touch more often or something, like trying to follow through on a promise like that is what, you know, keeps those relationships strong. Yeah. Um, or like, you know, if you have a meeting with somebody and you say like, oh, yeah, like reach out. Uh, next week to schedule and they maybe don't reach out until the following week or something it's like yeah. that's fine like i understand you may have been busy but like you know if you say i'll email you on thursday like you know try to email on thursday, thursday right yeah. like or uh you know we'll get to this uh like just yeah putting <laughs> specific dates and times of things like trying to just hold yourself and others accountable yeah i think that that is important like yeah, i think it shines through i mean like I feel too, I don't know if you feel like this, but sometimes I find with like my friends and stuff that uh, I, I mean, and, and other people sometimes I just like turn my phone off and I'm just like, it's not a great practice, but I'm like, if I keep my phone on and there's always texts and calls coming in, like I almost shut it down sometimes. So I like, cause I feel like I'm always letting someone down every decision I make. Yeah. Like you're probably letting someone down right now by coming here. You're missing a little bit of time with your family that you could spend, or maybe you were going to go do a, a run or meet a friend or whatever. Uh, maybe may, same thing with me. Like maybe I'm letting my kids down right now. I should be playing uh, baseball in the backyard. Like any decision you make in life, someone's always going to kind of be let mm-hmm. down. I found that a lot in life, like at school. Uh, Mr. Shields, could you just come to our volleyball game or whatever? Yeah, I'll come. And then I come home. Hey, hon, I'm going to go to the volleyball. Well, we have, you have to take John to practice. And so it's, it's this balance of like really trying to um, show that you care for others. But at the same time, how do you do that without like, and that's why sometimes I, I end up shutting my phone down and my friend's like, dude, it's so hard to get a hold of you. I'm like, yeah. I know, I've just been busy. And, and so I, I haven't figured that out yet. Mm-hmm. I haven't figured that out yet in life. And I'm, I am busy, but like you're busy in a different way than I am in my uh-huh. life right now. You're like half my age. Um, how do you handle that kind of stuff? Like, yeah. You sort of talked about it, like trying to follow through and stuff, but do you find any of those struggles yeah. or not really? I have a good answer for this. I really have to use the bathroom. So yep. I'll be back in, <laughs> in just a minute. Go ahead. It's yeah. right up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's right upstairs. And um, go Make up. sure you keep this part of the podcast too. Oh, I got it. Don't <laughs> worry. <laughs> Gives me a chance to change the battery. We're good. All right. We're back from that uh, little break. We both were talking for such a long time down here. We had to, you know, use the facilities in our new studio, which is great. Um, Casey, we're talking about, you, you said you had a good answer right before you went on your bathroom break about always sort of like letting somebody down, um, always letting someone down when you make a decision. What were you going to say about that? Sure. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, and I've dealt with, you know, OCD, anxiety symptoms like throughout my life yeah. off and on. And I think that, uh, in this part of my life, the way that's, uh, kind of appeared is I feel like I've been given such a good opportunity um, with where I'm at right now that, you know, I think there are a lot of people invested in me, like, you know, from my coach to people at Under Armour, to my parents, to my college coaches and other teammates and stuff in the past. Like, I feel like if I don't perform up to my best, like I'm, I'm letting them down, Yeah, you know? Yeah. 
and or if I'm not advancing other parts of my life, like, you know, I'm, you know, letting other people down. Like I, I one way or another, it feels like people are counting on me to be successful, <laughs> which is silly. Like in reality, like it's self-applied pressure, right? Like yeah. I think I put a lot of pressure on myself and I like label it as pressure that other people are putting on me sometimes. <laughs> I, I understand what you mean. Right? It, it It is a tricky, it's a tricky kind of balance, but... I don't know. I don't know how to get out of it. Like, I just feel like, I, I feel like it's just, I make the best decision at the time. And there's like several of them per day. And, and it's, um, you know, at the end of the day, for me, it's like, well, what's most important at yeah. this time of my life? For you, probably like, what's most important? You don't yeah. have to like, you know, you're not coming home to this like um, road rules house with all these runners in it in Baltimore or whatever mm. you, like, I can imagine it's like this hostel of like, just runners hanging out. Yeah. I actually want to ask you about that in a minute, what it actually is, but um, you don't have any kids there that you have to like feed no. or anything like that. Yeah. So, or like a kid that needs help with homework and, and you know, down the road you'll be there, but we're, you know, we're at different parts of our life. For me, sometimes that is the most important thing. And I have to focus on that. And yeah, sorry, I can't come to the damn volleyball game that I actually want to go to and, and watch mm. and support you because you're an awesome student. You're in my class, whatever. But those those decisions are are tricky. And then you have kids like for me, I have kids that have the same big events going on at the same time. And it's like, yeah, it's kind of good to have be married sometimes like you split it up. Mm. But anyway, like, you know, you have it, it's got to be tough for you. But like the thing you have going on right now is like you said, like you're a lot of people are invested in you. Under Armour, sure. your coach, your your team and you're on this mission to be the best that you can be. And, and, and it's, it seems like that has to be like put up front for you now, but I don't, I don't know how, to, what, what about family and what, how do you, how do you balance that out? Like, or does it just kind of work itself out? I mean, I think that, I don't know the way I think about my life or the way I try to think about my life is like, if you're, if you're confident in your character and who you are, um, you know, you're going to make generally the right decisions. You're going to choose the right priorities. Um, when you start like wavering as to like, oh, I don't know if like this is who I am or who I want to be. Like that's when things can kind of go awry. But in general, like if you're confident in who you are and like you've always you've always been somebody you can be counted on, you have good yeah. relationships with people, like relationships fluctuate a little bit. People make mistakes. But in general, they follow the same linear trend and like get get stronger or, yeah. you know. Sometimes, you know, relationships fade and that's just part of life because you have, you know, on, you know, there's only a certain number of people that you can stay close to. Sure. But um, I think, yeah, I mean, generally, like, you just continually try to improve. Like, you look at your mistakes, you know, on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis and you say, like, how can I improve upon those to just be more of who I want to be? And yeah. if you're, like, you know, going towards some kind of like attainable achievable goal that's you know like a positive reflection of who you want to be then you're going to be all right yeah it's i agree with that too seems like you're on a good path um you know case outside of like outside of all this running that you do which is a big part of your life um what is something that most people might not know about you or like you have any like interesting hobbies or or anything like that that uh, they're not running related yeah so i've actually uh <laughs> When I'm taking time off from running, I am into both disc and regular golf. Really? So yeah, I've done some of both. Uh, I play with my friends around here at Fort Washington, okay. and I've gone to like Tyler a bunch. And there's a place in the city down 
by where I live now that I go. Um, yeah, and then golf is something I like to do with my brothers and my dad here. And, awesome. Um, I'm not very good. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm 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 all right. Like, I have decent <laughs> like coordination, like ability. But I mean, I don't know. I just yeah. got like a, a cheap set of clubs. Never like taking lessons or anything. Yeah. Like, I just it's a fun, not super strenuous activity to do. Like. When you play golf with somebody, you get, you know, four hours of their undivided attention. Yeah, you can so, talk, hang out, get to catch sure. up and all that. So, like, when my brother comes home from, he was on a 40-day road trip. Uh, Which brother? So, Quinn, my okay. middle brother. Middle brother, I don't Quinn. know if you had him, but he... I didn't have either of them, but... Huh. Yeah. And so, he he and his girlfriend drove cross-country all the way out to Seattle and to BC and to oh, awesome. Alberta. Yeah, they did, like, Jasper, Banff. Uh, Yellowstone, like all this. Squamish, all that. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, but yeah, he got back and like, then like being able to go out on the golf course and like, Hey, do something competitive, fun that we yeah. like to do, but also just like catch up to and hear all about it. Yeah, sure. And he's in town That's for cool. just a couple of days. So what's he doing these days? He actually just started a job in Boston. He is working for a startup that does like, it's called rail pod. They do a lot of like assessment of like rail systems okay. and help, uh, you know, just kind of improve public transportation, like on railways and stuff. Cool. At least I think, like, I don't know, some yeah, of it goes something in my like head. That. Yeah, I gotcha. Um, and th- so that's Quinn, right? That and, is Quinn. And then Devin, he's at Villanova now? Devin's at Villanova going into his sophomore year, yes. How's he doing? And what's his, like, um, status? I mean, is he, he's running track. Is he doing yeah. well? Does he yeah. like it? I mean, I think it was a bit of a bumpy road running wise last year. He got sick a couple times. I think he had COVID twice and like, okay. uh, yeah, had a tough time, but he's, uh, yeah, I mean, he's definitely improving. He was just out in big bear, California for a couple of weeks with some of the guys on the team training Sweet. at altitude. So that's awesome. That must've been a fun trip. Does he uh, want to follow in your footsteps? Is he in his own, does he have his own races that he does or does he do the same ones that you do or, um, I mean, it's just, it's still early. I mean, you're still discovering who you are as kind of an athlete, but, uh, I mean, in general, like he has run a decent number of 1500s. Yeah. I mean, similar events. Um, yeah, I don't know what happens. We'll we'll see what happens. I mean, thus far it's kind of worked out that he ended up going to the same place. I mean, like, I think he saw like my relationship with, uh, my coach there, Marcus and our assistant coach, Matt, who I became really close with, who, provides a a different leadership role and like marcus is very like philosophical like very much like sits down with people goes in the time of day always late not as organized <laughs> like but matt like kind of picks up those pieces and like That's like awesome. helps out with that uh, and i think that he like yeah just yeah he fell in love with the the atmosphere the program that my teammates and stuff the same way that i did so yeah. i'm happy for him just out of curiosity this kind of came to mind were you at villanova when they won any of their basketball both. championships yeah freshman and junior year you yes. were there both yes. wow how like how would you i mean that's unbelievable i mean what what do you have to say about that i mean did you know any of the guys on the team is it, it's a smaller kind of school do you get to see some of the other athletes or yeah i actually had uh <laughs> one of my Probably my favorite class in college was an acting class that I took. Oh, that's awesome. And Jalen Brunson, our point guard on the basketball yeah. team, was in my acting class. Uh, <laughs> and I had a lot of re- respect for him because I remember they played like a, a late night game at the Wells Fargo Center one night. And our acting class, it wasn't super early, but it was, you know, 930 yeah. the next day. And he showed up for acting class the next day. Um, was he a good actor? He was there all Decent the time. Decent actor? Honestly, yeah. And he put in like decent effort. Like, I feel like you see these big time athletes and stuff and the assumption is like, oh, they're just 
basket weaving for, and they're not yeah, even going whatever. To but stuff, I mean, yeah. like he like took summer classes so he could graduate in three years and then obviously went to the NBA and just That's signed awesome. a contract with the Knicks now. He's making a ton of money. That's so awesome. He's somebody who's like has the tools yeah. for success certainly like did you go to any of the uh big games uh, i mean i don't know if track got in the way like even down the stretch like sweet 16 final four any of that stuff no i, I didn't travel to any like the big yeah. tournament games but we did have like gatherings on campus and stuff oh, that i go God. to which were fun and it was fun great. yeah to be there for that stuff i would go to games during the regular season sometimes in the pavilion or in philly uh and those were fun but yeah the the big games like that first national championship i remember we like blew out oklahoma in the final four and people were during the second half were kind of looking around like oh what's gonna happen like and then everyone just started like running around campus people were like you know like jumping on cars and stuff yeah, i remember seeing that on the news or whatever yeah like, on twitter or i watched somebody threw like a beer at a horse and got arrested i that do night. remember like, that it's it so strange weird things happen when you know ugh, man it's actually it's funny people act different in groups. I don't know if you've ever heard that. Like, oh yeah. Psychology. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You should watch, um, my wife and I just watched it. It's called uh, Woodstock 99, the train wreck. Um, you've heard of the Woodstock, right? In the sixties, whatever, you know, I'm not sure. Woodstock was like this outdoor festival with like Jimi Hendrix. And it was like a bunch of hippies getting together in upstate New York. And it was like, you know, this like love fest of like hundreds of thousands of people in this big field and like um all these 60s bands played it was this huge mm -hmm. thing i'm surprised you haven't heard of it um but anyway they tried to redo it in 1999 but the culture had changed in 1999 and it turned into this like massive like they had like the red hot chili peppers play and like corn i don't even know who that is like heavy metal like and people got like aggressive and there were hundreds of thousands of people there it was like 100 degrees for three days straight they ran out of water the, the porta potties dumped over. Things started catching on fire. They started setting fires. It looked, it was insane. It's an interesting documentary. It's three three parts if you get a chance. Okay. Yeah. But the group mentality, like when you mentioned like Villanova winning the national championship, campus just going nuts. Yeah. Some of that was going on too. And it's like, these people wouldn't do that at like their job or at school. But yeah. like once everyone is like winging a beer at like a burning car, it's like then everyone jumps in. And it's crazy yeah. how that, how group uh, mentality sort of works. Yeah. Some, <laughs> some cool displays of teamwork too. I remember just seeing a group of like very drunk guys trying to tear down a tree. It's like, yeah. wow. I mean, like it's kind of impressive the like yeah. coordination is taking, <laughs> like to do this, like strange, <laughs> illegal, weird, and kind of awesome. Like just how they were able to probably deroot that tree. I don't know. Um, so let's see. We, we talked about a lot of things. I did want to touch on disc golf. I also used to play quite a bit of that. I used to live near Tyler Park. That's a great course. They they do some yeah. of like the national um, meets there and stuff. I didn't know if you knew that or not. I, I've seen that they have like leagues and stuff. I, I did yeah. not see that though. It was not as popular when I was into it maybe 15 years ago, but it's fun. That That is fun. It's a lot less technical than like regular golf. You don't have to worry about like, oh, I need this club, that club. It's just like... Mm. You know, you, you figure it out, get a couple discs, and it, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, if you go with little kids, it's not as fun because you only end up going about five holes before you lose the disc and yeah. then it's over. But it's about what their attention span can hold. Um, so, Casey, we're about to wrap up here. Um, you know, we talked about your awesome career in high school, all the things that you remember and took with you to change your life from 10th grade health. Um or senior health, as you called it, um, your time at Villanova, your successes, all these big meets that you had. You're you're living in this like um, I don't know, 
commune of like athlete like, no, what, no no what? no I, I just live in a town home with two other guys okay who so that's it that's runners. it okay. yeah yeah i'm thinking like um what's that show on mtv like um i don't even know if they do it anymore but or like big brother or whatever like where yeah. there's all these people and like it's like my a roommates show. are very into big brother actually so really yeah did they watch the latest season uh, I think they're like in the midst of it right now. Well, yeah. the last season there was a guy from Philadelphia, and I actually asked him to be on the show, and he said yes. So I, if you, um, once I get that interview done, which I don't know when that's coming up, but yeah. I'll let you know, and they can they can listen if they like the show. Okay. They'll probably know yeah. this. Um, I think he made it to like the last two people, whatever. Um, so you live in this townhouse in Baltimore with like two other runners on your team. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And every once in a while, they send you into the Under Armour lab and put you through like scans and like. Ah, uh, yeah. To- <laughs> Not yet. I mean, I'm sure they they'll do some of that. Yeah. I mean, like we visited the lab. Uh, they got a lot of like shoes cut up and stuff for research. And you know, I mean, we get a lot of uh, like products to test, questionnaires for feedback. People come out to practice and ask us to try different things or ask us different questions. Um, so. Us being in Baltimore like allows us to be like a tool for them yeah. as well. You know, absolutely, you're right there. Um, you have some big goals. Um, you know, you have a great mindset. I love it. It's very like even keel. You're not too crazy. It's almost like Mr. Coleman esque. Um, <laughs> you're just guiding through life. You know, doing all the right things, enjoying it, soaking it in, which I think is just good advice in general. Wherever you are in your life, yeah. do positive things and enjoy the ride. Um, <clears throat> is there any last piece of advice that you might give to somebody? who's in high school right now or who's in college or is in their thirties or forties, like uh, something that, you know, maybe that you haven't said that, um, is maybe like a mantra or something that you've, um, stuck with in your life that is, that has really been a, like a key to your happiness and overall success. Is there anything that comes to mind? So any, any little piece of advice? I think that there's a, I don't know if I'd call it a meme or just like a, a picture that I've seen where somebody's like kind of mining through a bunch of dirt and it looks like they're giving up when like yeah. there are diamonds like, you know, an inch away. I think that, uh, like so, that some people like, you know, get into something like like for running, I think uh, there are a lot of people who it takes them a long time to break through and be great. And like that, that works the same for a lot of things. So whether you're in high school, college, later in life, I think that if there's something you're passionate about, uh, it's important to remember that, you know, success may be like right around the corner. Like you may be just, you know, an inch away from those diamonds, like, you know, and if you're, if you want to move on to something else, that's fine, but just make sure that you're at a point where you're, you know, okay with that. Yeah. Make sure that, you know, there's something that you're more, more passionate about, or you're really ready to move on because you shouldn't give up on, you know, an opportunity that could be, you know, right there for yeah. you. That's a great visual, man. I'm, I'm picturing that diamond right there. And it's just like a little quarter inch of dirt right there. And like, Oh God, this is too hard. And then that's it. And you mm-hmm. never get to that diamond. That's I like that. Yeah. I have to look that meme up. Um, <clears throat> about to wrap up, like I said, but Casey, could you give us like any upcoming events that you have um, things where people can find you and also like your social media, any, any plugs that you would like to give or um, where we could find you? Yeah, sure. My, I mean, my Instagram is really, really where I uh, update the most. It's uh, at CJ underscore Comer, or you can just look up my name, Casey Comer. I'll probably C O M B E R. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the fall is like a more chill time, really. Like, I mean, I'll just do some like local races and stuff, nothing big. But then in December, I'll gear up and probably try to run a fast five k, maybe a cross country race. Okay. Um, you know, I was disappointed not to race more this summer after getting banged up, but 
the real busy season for me will be, you know, I'll run some races indoor and then the spring and early summer is the, the prime time. So around then I'll be, you know, updating, like I'm racing here this week, here this week. Like that's when things start to get really busy. Um, but now, like, I mean, I'm going on this big trip in September with some buddies. Oh, so to the Spotted Ox Hostel, the coolest hostel in all of Europe. Is that where you're headed? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Our, I think it's like the Clink Neward is the hostel they're staying at Whoa. in... Uh, where is it? In Amsterdam. Oh, man. All right. That's and then, good. Does Under Armour know about this? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I, I, my, my coach knows. I, it'll be <laughs> good to take a trip. I'm not... Uh, we're know, not going too wild or anything. I know, I know. That's but cool. going to an Ajax soccer game up there, which would be fun. Sweet. Uh, yeah, and then making our way down to Paris eventually. Dude, I did a similar trip uh, by myself when I was around your age, and it was like I, I still remember almost like every moment of it. So enjoy that. Um, good luck to you and your and your future and all your races. Um, you know, keep chipping away at that dirt because, as the advice you gave, that diamond might be right around the corner. Um, I'll be following you as a fan, and um, I hope others do as well. It's been great talking to you. I've, I've um, Ever since I had you in 10th grade health, even though you don't remember it, um, I knew you were going to be a success, man. I knew you were going to be a, a successful dude and that you are. Uh, you're living the life that people um, could only really dream of. And you're also absorbing it and soaking it in and, and really making the most of that. So above all else, like I appreciate and um, that you're doing that and really enjoying the ride. So Casey, um, thank you for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. Um, our shows are going to be broadcast every Thursday, and then there's some special shows. You can find us anywhere that you get uh, podcasts, Spotify, Apple, and even on YouTube at The Leader Next Door. So with that said, this is The Leader Next Door, Jim Shields, with my guest, Casey Comer, and we are out for now as Casey goes to travel the world in search of the Olympic gold someday. If you have a great mentor or leader that you would like to be considered for the show, email us at the leader next door one zero at gmail.com. Also, check us out on Instagram at leader next door and our new YouTube channel at the leader next door. And as Ralph Waldo Emerson once said, do not go where the path may lead, go instead where there is no path and leave a trail. Have a great week, everyone.